All right, I tried, I tried again. This is the, the, I think this is like the third time. Let's see. I had to cut all my hair off. Um, one time before we figured out what the hell was going on by a professor and I was sent to a cancer institute through oncology. I had to call my hair off then because it was doing some funky things. Um, my hair was growing out pretty well. Then after treatments, my hair started coming out again for obvious reasons. Um, after we did the other treatment, which was oral pill, then my hair came out again. It was growing out, so I had to cut it. That was three times. <clears throat> it's, it was growing. Let me say it was growing. And then the last two scans show the tumor <laughs> back to where it was at, a little bit larger now. And um, once again, I'm fighting with the tumor of who's getting the nutrients of what I'm putting in my body and who's not. And what's not, obviously, my hair has gotten so thin that it's like, I've been trying and I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to increase this. I'm going to increase that. How many women and men go through this too? You know? When things go a little dormant, well, I could say remission because mine never did, but able to shrink the tumor down. And that sucker just grew back. I had oncologists, actually two oncologists, a group I has my care now, and they've been oncologists for many, many years. And one's getting ready to retire next year, the other one's retiring in two years, uh, rightfully so. Um, they're looked upon as superiors. Um, my other specialist definitely, um, utmost respect, as I said, amazing, very, very um, highly reputable oncologist. They've handled a lot of complex, complicated cases like myself. And they told me that the thing is, and they explained a lot of what I went through in oncology in my case, is that when we do 3D radiation, what we do is we do it in a much, in your situation, it was fast track, however you want to call it. Um, and basically we take like weeks of radiation and we apply it in a short window of time. And this is the best way for them to be able just to obliviate this tumor and the cells and the tissue. The goal was to get all of it. That was the goal through... Um, my um, specialist oncology, can't even think of her. Uh, I can't think of that. It's ovarian tumor, gynecological oncology. I can't think of it. Um, I feel bad, but I can't think of her specialty. I may be at drawing a blank right now. But um, she said, we're just going to let it go in. We're going to encase this tumor. We're going to get as much as we can. Um, then after surgery, we're going to go ahead and we're going to start radiation. We're going to do so many rounds of radiation. And then we're going to do chemo. Okay. And that should get rid of all of it. Well, problem was, is then when I went to oncology to the hospital, there was 10 oncologists to have my case. Um, because it was a unique rare case, um, they weren't versed. They looked for other treatment plans out there in the world. And like I said before, this is one in 13 cases on number 13. Ovarian remnant syndrome, which is when a piece of tissue from an ovary gets removed, um, the cells in that start growing back. Um, it's that rare. They have never seen it. They watched 
this tumor grow back that was attached to this entity, which they realized was an organ, which was the ovary, but it was removed because pathology showed it was removed. The two surgeons provided proof every time an oncology group, even the professor had spoken to both the surgeons and said, do you have the pathology reports? Yes. Okay. It showed the ovary was removed. It grew back. Ovarian remnant syndrome can produce, um, and every body's body is unique. It just tells you how amazing, as I was told, the body is, really, and how cells and tissue and that, and how things can grow back. And ovarian remnant syndrome is basically, it was a cell and a small piece of tissue, and this thing over several years grew back. It also started producing cancerous cells and tissue, which... Uh, Tumor, basically, as I was told, is just cells that grow into tissue, and the tissue keeps getting larger and larger, and you have this formation, which is a tumor. Um, it kept growing. It never went away. Everyone had their opinions. Like I said before, intestinal cancer, colon cancer, everybody had their opinions, but it really took a professor, professor's assistant and a large oncology group of multiple oncologists within that group, and especially oncologists, to figure out what the heck this was. As soon as they did, it was, I had... Uh, I didn't have but a day to breathe, and I was literally from a professor's hands to oncology. A professor brought me into his office, and him and his assistant went through all the digital digital records. A podcast about this yesterday. I'll make more sense. I was able to go all the way back to birth and looked at many, many records of problems with autoimmune disorder that was at birth. Um, something within the mother's womb that passed on to me as a baby. And um, I had multiple complications. Um, it was always something medical. Um, I didn't ask for it. It's just it happens. And it happens to people. You know, we shouldn't make fun of or light of or, you know, you don't do that to people. Nobody has to be sick. Um, period. Anybody who does that is, uh, I have no words for you, let's just say. But once we figured out with the professor what really this was, looking through really in depth and going all the CT scans and all the imaging, they knew exactly what this was. This ovary grew back. It was functioning on its own cycle. Um, I had two cycles a month because the ovaries were not synced because this thing grew back. So it was its own entity. It started producing really uh, bad cells. Um, they can produce a very remnant syndrome when it starts cycling. It can produce a lot of cancerous tumors. You can. The other 12 cases, either the women um, through complications had Sally passed away. The other two cases, their um, ovary, the ovarian remnant syndrome was an ovarian remnant, but it never functioned to the point of cycling. There was one case in England where it cycled but did not produce cancerous tumors. So the problem was, is in that case, she had it actually surgically removed right away, which was smart, before things started getting really bad. Um, my case, they had none. So the thing was to go in the full gusto. And uh, I was already, already, already sick, and I knew something was going to happen. Um, it got so large, the blood vessels, really, what would have been my demise is the blood vessels were getting ready to burst. So I would have had internal bleeding. Um, and serious complications, and um, I had no choice. Through digital digital records, <clears throat> I was able to um, get copies of everything and see everything, and I'm still going through my digital records all the way from, to birth to make sense, um, to give myself peace and closure of a lot of things I have 
endured throughout my lifetime that have not been normal at all. Um, and looking at the care I received, care I did not receive, um, care from specialty, referrals from specialty, referrals that were not, it was not forwarded, or there was lack of care. I'm looking through all that to be able to make peace and sense. I'm going to go through a whole slew of emotions as therapists have told me, and that's okay. Um, because there's a lot of missing puzzle pieces for myself that I need closure and clarity of and to make sense, especially when it comes to my health. I'm protecting a great deal, deal of my younger self. That's how I look at it. Um, so trauma therapist says that's a great way and analogy to look at it because I literally am uh, protecting my younger self now as an adult. Um, I have stayed well on top of my house. If I wouldn't had, um, I would have never made it to oncology. That's for damn sure. Um, when I see 17 specialists, including surgeons, oncology, and, and cancer institutes, I'm not joking. That's exactly how many it took. I was only referred twice because at that point they said there's nothing they could do. Um, nobody was going to go in surgically. If it wasn't for being persistent, as a professor said, you wouldn't be where you're at now in my office explaining things. Now we're sending you to oncology. What that has to do with hair loss is... The tissue, as I was told by oncology, unless we can encase this and go in surgically and remove all this tissue, all it takes is a tiny microscopic piece of a tumor to remain behind. And you will see once radiation starts zapping space that the tumor um, does not have a place to grow and we start zapping the space around the tumor. And this is really great information for people who are in cancer journeys or those loved ones or friends or family members to understand this when you go through radiation and uh, chemo you know does some of this but radiation is an instant way to do this is you're not only trying to zap and kill the tumor and the tissue and the cells but what happens is also that radiation will scramble outside the tumor and it starts eliminating space so when the tumor shrinks, which it did for myself, I had a window of opportunity if I was told you have five years prognosis. The first year after you recover from initial radiation, you're going to have a window of opportunity where you're going to feel better. And I'm telling you, I did. That's when I traveled to Las Vegas. I went back to Vegas. I finally got to see the ocean again. Um, I did things I wanted to do. I have no regrets uh, except for um, if I had the time, I would have went and traveled a lot more and did a lot more things if I could foresee the future of just how precious and valuable my time was. I share my journey because this is one part I want people to understand through oncology and you're going through cancer treatments is please, when you go through radiation and they realize that that tumor or tumors have shrunk, they give you that opportunity and window of time is a gift. Please maximize and use that time with everything you've got. When you start feeling a little bit better after treatment, please enjoy life. Because when they say this is a window of opportunity and, and it's going to grow back because they weren't able to eliminate the tumor or tumors, they are not joking. And you need to take that and heed that very, very seriously. Um, I enjoy life. I've got many photos and videos. Those are good memories I talk about, positive memories. And you have trials and tribulations and hard times, which give you the insight, um, experience, and then you gain wisdom. And that's how you're able to give people advice and you inspire people is through getting through those tough times. But once, as I was told by oncology, my last visit is this thing is shrunken down, which it did. Um, they watch it, which they did. I was getting 
um, rescan every three weeks, and they do comparables where the last treatment into the scans normally is the, which they did too is they'll go three months, sometimes four months into rescanning. Because they have to be able to see consistency. Is this thing shrinking? Is it going to shrink because radiation scrambling? We're going to know. And I was told we'll know. Um, they could not get a good um, sight on this thing because it kept moving because it was fused to our intestines and other organs. So every time we went in, instead of just going right to the treatment, we had to sit there for 10, 15, sometimes 20 minutes so they could find this thing. Um, the first time they realized they couldn't find it, they thought it was some type of unexplainable, I say miraculous miracle, it took them 30 minutes. And then I had a part of my treatment team, oncology team came in and said, the reason that it's taken a while is we can't find this thing. Um, we know it's there. I'm glad they didn't give you false hope. Oh, that would have, you know, that would have probably messed with me mentally. Not that this whole experience has not uh, left a toll on me um, emotionally, which rightfully so it, it did. I'm working with therapy on uh, feeling and having the right to feel and going through everything. But um, everything was so fast, I never had time to understand, or they didn't have a lot of time to explain. So my oncology group now doesn't, doesn't just have my case, although there's nothing further, as they said, we're not miracle workers, there's nothing further we could do for you. This is where, especially in hospitals, with the pain part management of it, compassion care, palliative care. This is where they step up to the plate. And this is where they're taking over now. It's because the pain will get greater over time because this thing's getting larger. It's starting to take up space again. It's pushing against organs. And it's going to cause a world of pain. They were right. The greater the pain is because the tumor is causing further problems because of the growth. The greater that they have to use in order to try to mask the pain, to control the pain. So I'm not walking around 24 hours a day in pain which the pain has gotten to the point of 24 hours. This is why it's taken several weeks now to get on top of the pain. We are about 70% there. Um, and some days we're only 50%. And some days we're only 20% because I'm not absorbing things right. Um, that's where that's at. But the problem is, I was told by oncology, is once uh, that empty space is present and the tumor doesn't get completely destroyed, uh, oncology specialist said annihilated is probably the better way. We're going to blast the hell out of it, as she said. We are going to max the radiation possible without putting it into a lethal level. That was scary. I never went to radiation treatments before. If you, as somebody talked to on the phone, uh, they were talking about an individual that had five treatments, but they had surgery before the treatment, so it was a maintenance um, this is maintenance therapy, radiation, to get the best possible way to either eliminate the cancer or get it to the point where the tumor is so, so small that the chances of the progression of regrowing, regrowth is what will happen as a longer, it will be a longer period of time, although that's not a guarantee. But the thing is, is their type of radiation is, is completely different than what I was going through. Um, yeah, keep it there. But the radiation I have is told by on oncology that I have now. I'm under their care. It basically, that machine, as I showed video before and have um, journaled and chronicled what I went through, as well as uh, three other friends I connected with over the past year, is the machine goes around you. Instead of having one single dose, um, they'll also use the terminology fractions. 
um, total technique. I mean, my oncology group got down to the wire nitty gritty and literally printed this stuff out. Um, and then digital records. Now I'm able to see everything because now everything is digital. Um, my disability attorneys that were part of revision and revised, um, where they went last two months, I think it was actually two and a half months. So I was told yesterday, they literally pulled up all the new records, um, all the new, um, especially specialists I'm under <clears throat> hospital care, hospital care means I'm under hospital specialist, but they're treating me at home. Um, that's the way it is, but <clears throat> they're able to make sense and look at all this stuff. And now with oncology help, they've really helped with the support part and understanding because the oncologists, as they said, were busy, um, getting you right away and starting treatment right away. Um, if they would have had the time, they probably could have been more, um, sat down with you more and to understand what you're going through. I did sit down in an office with three of the oncology specialists that were called into my case and my radiation oncologist. They explained the best they could, but everything was so fast that it was just a blur. Um, they didn't have all the time to explain like my oncology group has with me. And I'm so thankful that they have taken the time that um, it brings peace to me because I understand what I went through and what I'm going through now. Because the problem is, is that open space that the radiation allowed around the tumor, although they could not completely annihilate the tumor, they just couldn't. They were able to shrink it to a feasible size. I was able to enjoy life and I trailed for a year. Um, the second year I was starting, the regrowth was, the tumor was getting larger. Uh, third year was ascites, which is fluid that starts building up. And that's just, uh, it's a secondary to tumors. Um, ascites is fluid. Um, sometimes, but very rare as I told my oncology group now, sometimes they're able very rarely to get in, depending where the ascites is, and drain it. But the problem is, is when you drain it every time, it comes back and it can come back worse and usually does. Um, when it's around the tumor, we don't go in because we're not going to aspirate anything and drain anything because if we get any of this tissue or cells that is part of the tumor, we can actually start spreading things. Um, and it could really start spreading outside that area in the site of the original tumor. So we weren't able to do that. So the ascites fluid, pockets of fluid have remained. Last scan showed four pockets of fluid. Um, scan before that was three. Scan before that, I believe, was two. There could be more, as I was told, but everything is so fused together again because the tumor grew back. There's no empty space. So it's just like a ball of, really, a ball of yarn or gum, and just everything's just glued together. <clears throat> problem is, is when the tumor grows back, what I'm taking in as nutrition is a uh, teeter-totter fighting game between myself and the tumor. What it's going to take, what I'm going to take, and everything you take in, you're feeding this thing. Um, and because I experience now uh, daily nausea, which I did before, radiation, when it was a size, uh, it's a little bit bigger now. It's common. That's hard to get control over. Pain also makes you nauseated, so it's like a double whammy. But the problem is, is once again, uh, number four, back to my hair coming out really quick. Um, I have doubled up on everything. Um, my primary care has directed me into taking this, 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 um, increasing this, taking that, adding that. It didn't work. It didn't work. Um, I got to the point I was like, you know what? 
last night I was like, okay, um, took my pain medicine. I could get comfort because of nausea. And I was like, I just got to get up. I got to get my mind off of it. And I usually will do that. I uh, got the pain about 75%, but the nausea was like 100%. I take Zofran dissolvable, and that doesn't even work many, many times. And it did last night. So I was like, I'm up. Um, I barely could get two protein shakes down. And honestly, I did not. And that's all I had all day. That's the truth. So uh, the weight will come off quick. This is why I say um, I'll try everything that's out there. I'll have it delivered if it's possible through Kroger's or Walmart or wherever is local um, where I'm at. But it didn't work. Um, <clears throat> I have enough hair extensions and wigs, and I'm so thankful uh, for everyone who has sent me things and companies for tryout. And uh, I received another package from a company last week. And uh, I like to plug all this stuff and share it. And I'm going to continue doing so, especially with the wigs and hair extensions, because there's many, many women who go through different various oncology treatments. It doesn't just need to be chemo. It makes your hair come out. Radiation can cause complications and hair loss is one of them. doesn't mean the radiation causes your hair loss, but the radiation of what's doing to the tumor and the tumor and that and um, what's involved with the treatment is secondary, can cause hair loss. Uh, a lot of the experimental oral pills, oncology and cancer and what's out there with clinical trials can cause hair loss also. Um, out of four, all four of us, every single one of us has went through this yo-yo. Hair today, gone tomorrow. Hair today, gone tomorrow. Hair today, gone tomorrow. Um, Cher had six times her hair grew back and it cut it again. Hair grew back and it cut it again. Hair grew back and it cut it again. It's calm. I'm trying to defy something. My hair was growing uh, lengthwise. I got it. Um, I was happy with the length. It was growing. But all of a sudden, over the past two months, it's been coming out like chunks. Uh, take a shower. And, you know, I don't wash my hair every single day anyway. Lord knows we're not supposed to. Let the oils build up in your scalp. Make sure you're healthy. But when I take a shower, it's just, I mean, I don't even have to even, you know, brush my hair. And it's just coming out. So last night, I was like, you know what? Let me get all the new clippers, all the new hair shears, you know, scissors. Yada, yada, yada. My grandmother said hair shears. I still have my grandmother's. I'm going to put a picture of this. I still have my grandmother's, my birth mom's mother, my grandmother's thinning shears. I know. Thinning shears. It was something I wanted. I asked her um, before things with her health and that. Um, I asked her, do you have any thinning shears? Because she used to trim our hair when I was younger. And uh, I remember those thinning shears because they were heavy. This is like when they really, really made, you know, scissors and that with some really good, you know, durability lasted forever. I still have those thinning shears. They still work. Still work. You just need to oil them and take care of them. I still have them. I'll put a picture here. Um, I used those last night. I used all my, um, I have new hair clippers. I made sure two months ago that I just started, you know, replacing things. You can't keep them forever because uh, it's just easier for me to do my own hair. I don't want somebody to screw my hair up at the hair salon. And <laughs> if I'm going to mess my hair up, let me be the one to mess it up. I've always been like that. So, um, and I know how to cut hair and use hair 
trimmers and that. So Eric has, since I've known him, he has not ever been to a barber or that his hair done. I can't tell you how much money is probably was saved in the thousands probably by now. But um, here's a picture. That was just the beginning of me cutting my hair. <clears throat> I like to experiment with vegan hair color, temporary hair colors and that. I tried to go back dark. I really was there. I don't know why, but the red pulls through the dark, which is very weird. But uh, not really, you know. But now I'm like, okay. I had to literally, it took me an hour to cut my hair. And I went like probably two inches at a time cutting it. And I'm really happy with how it turned out, actually. And uh, instead of just doing a blunt cut one length, I went with my grandmother's thinning shears and put some layers in, use the thinning shears, put some layers in, and I really like how it turned out because my hair has gotten so thin from coming out. What I have is healthy. It's just extremely thin. Reached out to my friend Cher this morning, sent her an email. I'm like, you have this problem too. She's like, this is why I wear bandanas and hair nets or hair nets, like hair covers, and that is because I did the exact same thing you did. I kept cutting at it, but the problem is it's growing out, but it was so thin that it's like, I just couldn't handle it. Um, she said, you enjoy it, you know, cause we all know, <clears throat> we know it's coming out. Um, like oncology told me, I'm, we're not miracle workers. I'm not going to be able to go in surgery. There's nothing left out there. Um, she's actually in the process of experimental um, treatment and waiting to see if she qualifies for a trial. Um, and she also has been educated in knowing that next step after compassion care is hospice. That's where I'm at as well. You can be on short-term hospice, and you can be, as hospice said, long-term. There's many people in long-term hospice where they're on for a long period of time. And a lot of people, some people, you know, and they've seen it many times, are on hospice over a year. It's just, do you need hospice once a week? Do you need hospice twice a week? Do you need hospice more often? Do you need to have a nursing um, assistant as well come by, you know, to check on maybe the two days? Generally, insurance will pay for maximum two hospice visits a week. Hospice isn't just controlling the pain and what you need, but it, they provide emotional support. Um, they're there spiritually as well. They provide chaplains and they provide clergy. They're there for you as well in many aspects. And I don't think people, I never realized that, but people don't understand with in-home hospice care. Um, it doesn't necessarily you're gonna be, mean you're gonna pass away tomorrow or the next day or next week or next month. People can be on long-term hospice. And as they said, some people, and it happens, I mean, as they said, the percentage isn't extremely high, but some people come off hospice and they're comfortable enough to come back, go back under their, prime, their other prior care, which is generally uh, hospital dealing with the pain control, like I'm under. My situation, my specialist, a hospital specialist would be um, collaborating with hospice. They would still be part of my care. And some patients, it's not like that. They still eliminate especially they're under managing the pain and whatnot and go directly under all hospice. Uh, my situation, it would be part of um, my specialist, hospital specialist, under now. It also is part of um, 
which is recommended being under federal disability, it's, they also play a part in this too. The revision was uh, because there's been so many changes within my health that was not initially part of disability and then being able to resort back to records that are now digi digital since I was a baby and we didn't have that and medical experts um, did not have that during the judiciary hearing either for disability. Now we have all that. A revised revision is they able to now just everything just change to where it's um, an understanding of my disability that it wasn't just something as an adult. This began at birth um, under a year of age. So that's all changed. But the hair loss, um, <clears throat> your hair can grow, um, but it can also, and it usually does, is the larger the tumor, the more it takes things you are um, feeding your body, which I've done all I can, but it's just at the point I was like, health that uh, started looking really bad. I don't know how many times I could put my hair on top of my head and the ponytail is just where the bun is getting thinner and thinner and thinner. And uh, I've been through so much with my health, uh, especially over the last several years, that it's like uh, vanity is vanity. Um, I see people in life through a different set of eyes than most, I'm sure. I look at people from the inside out when I get to know new people. Um, a person as a whole, as a personality, their soul, um, do they carry good energy? I can feel that. You can feed and feel that off of people. Um, it don't, I, I look past the surface surface doesn't make a person it's what the person carries in their heart and their soul um, that's truly when you get older you realize or when you go through like things i have and my friends as we look at um, people differently and um, you're able to do that so on the surface it's great um, as a woman i want to look feminine i want to feel feminine i want to look pretty i i want to do i i very seldom wear makeup anyway throughout my life i still want to look you know wear makeup and stuff time to time I got enough hair extensions, I got wigs, I got things, um, if I want to do that, but I'm like, you know, now, it's like, you gotta do what you gotta do. So the length was there, but hair was, uh, I didn't realize how thin, um, how much hair I have lost in the past, just probably three months. Um, absolutely crazy. Um, but thankfully, my grandmother kept this thinning scissors she called them shears i call them scissors and it was able to really create a really cute blunt cut um and now i'm just playing with i know this is just a yada 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 podcast but now i'm just playing with the color um my hair wants to generally turn and tend to pull red and um we're gonna see i'm gonna later and through the days i'm gonna keep you up it's gonna be a process but uh Watch out, Marilyn Monroe. I'm going back to platinum and blonde, if you know what I mean.